This episode is brought to you by Seed. Did you know that supporting your health can be as easy as taking two capsules a day? Each daily dose of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is formulated with 24 scientifically studied probiotic strains that support gut, skin, and heart health, helping you start the new year off right. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. I'm Gabby Reese, and welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. It's my favorite time. It's a podcast by myself. A lot of times when I'm riding my slider up the hill, I have these thoughts and I thought, well, maybe this would be a good time to do a solo podcast. I'm, I just talk about navigating positively an injury and also having a new approach to my training for the next few months, really isolating something I want to work on and saying, okay, I'm going to forego all the things I'm good at and comfortable and work on this for the next three months. And that was stimulated by a conversation I had with PJ Nestler on a podcast a few weeks ago and how I'm continuously working on getting out of very old narratives. I mean, it's amazing how we can hold ourselves at a time that was so short and we could extend it throughout our entire life instead of like, you know, really coming to terms with that it's over. And sort of just looking at my convictions Like if I really think and believe something, am I getting as informed and educated on these beliefs as I can, not for argument's sake, but really just for my own understanding. I mean, isn't that right? Like if you were on the debate team, you had to really understand the other side's point of view as well or better than your own. And I think that's the same with learning. Like, well, okay, you... You think this way or you feel that way or you believe that way and why? And and are you expanding that? Are you just locking into one belief and then stopping there? So if you've got some time, you know, hang out with me and <laughs> I hope you enjoy. For two years, I think we've been saying, you know, it's sort of a crazy time and, and um, I don't, and in fact, it, it almost seems weirder, right? Like with gas prices and how combative it is and Roe v. versus Way and just just all of it. It just seems like things are winding up even more and more. And so, you know, there's a lot of things I think it's so important to be informed. And then at a certain point, I also think it's it's just like, okay, what are the things I can do? And, you know, how I react and what I believe or how I treat other people and um, if I'm taking care of myself. And I'm going to be the most obvious person to say, oh, you should, you know, make sure you're taking care of your health. And I know that's obvious, but if that's sort of one of the things, a tiny little thing that I contribute, because that's just my genuine background, then that's what I'll do. And it's just to remind you, whether it's adding a breathing practice or, Uh, making sure you can make better decisions nutritionally or not eating out of stress or with all this insanity. Um, And it's summer. You know, that's the other thing. I just, I want to talk about the training because it's warm right now. And I think it's really important to to take advantage of that. So I'll just share with you some of the things maybe you've heard or you haven't through some of these uh, podcasts. I have a torn labrum. I was supposed to get surgery. And as the universe does, you know, conspire for me, I had a sort of a, in a one week, a perfect storm of why I didn't. So I got some exercises from a young lady named Elvon Trapp, who was also doing uh, some 
you know, work on me, which I, I normally don't do. I'm actually really reluctant to do once a week kind of self-care. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but it's, it's true. So what happened was she was suggested by someone I really admire and he said she's now lives in California. So I started seeing her once a week and she gave me exercises. And then I saw a gentleman from Colorado who was doing dry needling pretty much almost in the same week. And he said, you know, you might've had this tear for 10 years. You just have really angry muscles. So why not do some other things, do some other exercises? Imagine that, do something new. And simultaneously, there's a company called Elliptigo and they had heard about my hip and said, you know, we've helped some people with torn labrums with this E elliptigo. And it's actually very good for uphill. And I live on a hill. So I started incorporating that four days a week, getting worked on once a week and doing my homework. And literally when I tell you a six month issue I've had started feeling better almost immediately, eight, nine days, something like that. Um, and I'm going to continue to add homework. So I just, I, I guess my point of even sharing this again is we all have something going on. Some things can't, surgery is unavoidable, but I also think if we're looking for answers or new input, it's out there. And so I have been able to not have surgery and I had to be willing to try something else. And along with that is last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago, I did a podcast with PJ Nestler and I work with PJ on XPT, but you know, he's been training athletes and performance people for a really long time. And one of the things that we talked about that felt so important to highlight was let's say we want to work on resilience. So how we're moving and not always being on a sagittal or linear plane. We can't do that just sort of with everything else. Or let's say we want to be stronger. We can't kind of do that or more flexible or our cardio's in increased. So what we really talked about, and this is something that I'm kind of re, you know, I'm putting back into focus in my life is this in order of importance in my physical training life, what do I want to work on? And for me personally, it's going to be, believe it or not, resilience and flexibility. And I have a long body. And so at times, this is the stuff I don't want to do. Just, I'm not really great at it. So what I've decided, um, and the hip really encouraged me was, I was going to take, I'm going to take eight to 12 weeks. So this is what the proposition is. Whatever it is that you decide, maybe you want to be stronger, maybe you want to, you know, work up your cardio, whatever is kind of focus on that as the meat of your training during the week. And then, yeah, you're going to do a little bit of something else. So if you're, if you're doing your cardio, yeah, you're going to lift a little and you'll probably, you know, do some other things. But for me, I'm going to work on my functional movement, my resilience and my flexibility because my flexibility is why I'm always running into, you know, injury train. I'm, I'm decently strong. You can always be stronger, but I'm decently strong and my cardio's okay. So those are the things that I'm going to have the confidence to put away for a little bit. So for the next three months, that's what I'm doing. So I want to invite you, if there's something that you've been thinking about, like let's say you're a yogi and you go, you know what, I'd like to be a little stronger, that you just don't keep doing yoga, go for the next eight or 12 weeks, I'm going to write down a strategy and I'm going to figure out a way to focus on that. So that was something out of that show that was just a great reminder. Like we end up nowhere and then PJ's like, and then you end up backwards from where you were like the year before. And that's the other thing is I know that I can't be younger, but I, I sort of believe that 
I could be improved. Certainly my flexibility could be better in a year than it is now, but what am I doing to make that happen? So I just want to bring that up and encourage you while it is warm and inspiring out, there's more energy, there's sun to start now. So if you're not in a regular routine, get going, but do it with a strategy, be thoughtful. You, I think it's hard just to show up and then you don't, what do you end up doing? You don't, you know, a little of this, a little of that. And, um, and then kind of what happens, not much. So, and that's for everybody, people who know what they're doing, people who are in great shape, people who are sitting on the couch. It's in some ways it's, it's not that different. And I think why I was inspired to do the podcast was I was listening to uh, Byron Katie. And I honestly, I was listening to loving what is on audio going up the hill. And um, I use it as a tune up because sometimes my perspective, it's an everyday thing. It's like, some days I wake up, it's I'm in a, I'm, I'm positive, I'm good. And other days I, you know, it's like I question myself and my decisions. And, you know, we joke like you, you know, you don't like anyone in your family. Well, except whoever's not living with you at that time. <laughs> and you just, it's like, you got to stay on top of it. So I'll listen to it because sometimes I think it helps me get to the place where I can do that self-inquiry better. And I can also have a laugh at myself at how ridiculous some of my own um, beliefs are. And, you know, Katie's always reminding us that the suffering comes from confusion and from being in conflict with reality. And it's hard to know what in certain ways is reality right now, but there's other things that certainly we can look at. So it brought me to a story. She talked about this gentleman who was in the war from the age of six to 12 in the book. And he had gone through a period of, uh, you know, worrying about losing his parents. And um, he was through a series of bomb bombings and he, he sought refuge inside of a building that ended up collapsing and he got a concussion, but overall he was okay. And the bombing lasted for another two weeks after that. Fast forward to 55 years down the road. And he was talking about how this impacted him. And she, she framed very lovingly and delicately because you're not going to, you know, put that, you're not trying to minimize the impact of something, but she asked him and it really resonated with me. Like, well, how long did the bombing last after that? And he said two weeks and she's like, right. And you've pretty much been being bombed for the, for the last 55 years. And, you know, he, he, she asked him about his parents and he said, yeah, I, I didn't have them. And so she goes, so you believed you couldn't survive without your mom or your dad. And he, and is that true? And he was like, I survived. And she was like, no, yes or no. Is it true? And she's like, look at how strong that little, that boy was and here you are so it brought me to my own story and i've done i what i have thought is a reasonable job you know when i was two my parent my parents were not together for very long probably like till i was a year and a half or something and my father's from trinidad and my mother's from long island they met in california and then when i was two i was in mexico city with my mother who strangely taught <laughs> was uh training dolphins and I got whooping cough and everyone sort of agreed it would probably be better for me to live with my aunt and Uncle Joe. And so when I was uh, two, uh, I was sort of brought to them in Long Island, New York. They were childhood, you know, teenage friends, neighborhood friends of my mother, and they raised me for five years. And very, very loving, um, tough, 
you know, but loving. Like, you know, when someone puts your hair up for school and walks you to the bus stop or meets you at the bus stop, it, you know, things are pretty good. So here they took me in and, and now having had my own children, I was very precocious, which is a nice way of saying I was probably a little bit bratty for sure. Um, and so here I'm not even, you know, their biological kid and they take me in and love me and put up with my shit. And, and then, um, when my mom certainly felt more prepared and she was getting remarried to my stepfather, who was quite lovely, I moved back in with her. And so, you know, it wasn't easy for me, I'll be honest. Um, there's, we're very different people, my mother and I, and, and um, you know, that expression of like, someone has done the best they can. But after re-listening to Katie's book, it just reminded me, um, because I've really worked on trying to release this narrative. Like, my mom shouldn't have left me. Oh, was that true? Well, actually, maybe it worked out really great for me, right? <laughs> and. Also, I didn't mention my father passed away during that time when I was five in a, in a plane crash. So, you know, and I, I don't mean this coldly, but he certainly got off the hook as a hero. So I didn't have some weird example, male, bad example. My Uncle Joe was a guy of very few words, very loving, taught me to ride a bike. My dad dies, so he gets to be a hero. And so I, I went into adult life with kind of a clean slate or a blank slate of what a in my case, a male partner would be. And um, it worked out, you know? And so I guess why I'm bringing this up is I know that all of us have some narrative, unless you're just, you know, you've either done the work or you're really, your EQ is off the chart and it, it comes easy for you to be like, oh, you know what? It all, it's all okay. Because it's, it's our thoughts and our beliefs that are torturing us. It is not the actual event, even when it's awful. And obviously people have gone through much worse than something like what I went through. And I fully acknowledge that. But for each of us, you know, our pain is our pain. But there's something so beautiful about the opportunity to, to not only let it go, but just there's usually so many amazing things that come out of these difficult times that we're missing or we're not living in because we're so caught up in our thoughts about what happened. And it just holds us back. And I used to think that I used to go, you know, I, I felt frustrated for 17 years and then I moved out at 17 and I went on to played college volleyball. I had an incredible coach and um, I got to work in fashion and live in New York and travel around. Like it was pretty good. And so I was like, you know, a couple bumpy years for like a really overall fun adulthood with an imperfect, but you know, a relationship that reflects me, I'll take it. And instead of always living in that in those old ideas. It's so strange. And, and I, I probably was raised with a, or as a reaction to the situation, like a scarcity mentality. So sometimes it's like, I'm so rigid about certain things for absolutely no reason. There's no proof, nor has there been for so many years. So I just, I guess I want to invite you, whatever those things are in your life. And, and she, she has very good examples about it for our children too. Even like the hard, like really hard shit, like kids on drugs or you know, suicidal children. It's like our thoughts about the thing and then how we react to those thoughts doesn't make the situation better. And it doesn't make us be able to be present when it actually is good. 
And um, I just thought it was a really helpful tool. So I just wanted to share that with you because it's exhausting and it's, there's just a, a more, a freer, better way and a way that again is, is consistent with, with reality. And, um, it's really, that's where I want to live, you know, to the best of my ability. And then, and then it started yesterday, Laird and I, we don't really fight that much for whatever reason. I just think we've been together a long time. I think both of us are not bickering type of people. It's like, Hey, is there an issue? Let's talk about it. I don't mean it's better or worse. It just seems to be what the way it is. However, yesterday, and we've been together a lot. I think a lot of us, a lot of couples have been together unusual, you know, sort of more often. And, you know, that has always its own dynamics. But yesterday, you know, Laird's frustrated. There's no surf. He wants to foil and foil only. And there's just not a lot of opportunities for that. And he could be surrounded by people who are, for example, there's a big swell coming to Tahiti. But he um, is sort of like, but I, I've done that. And I'm looking for new adventures and, and new new things to to learn or do. And so it got me thinking to when we compare ourselves to the outside world. So for example, we have a, a young gentleman, Luca, who lives with us. And literally he's like a son and he's a godsend because he's young and gung-ho and he, he you know, he'll play go train and play and do things with Laird, but he's at a different place on the, on the arc. So at his age, going to Tahiti to tow and surf is exciting. Or, you know, a couple weeks ago, he went to Fiji for Laird being, you know, chronologically or biologically a lot older. He's done a lot of that, but then he's pissed that somehow like it's still fun and interesting for Luca because it's, it's like, well, how come I can't get that feeling? And then we, so we talked about it today. Of course we had our, like, I think I, I slept in Brody's room um, last night. Tempur-Pedic mattress was very soft. <laughs> I just needed, you know, like you just need space. And we talked about it today that when I don't compare what I'm going for to the outside world. So for example, at my age, I wouldn't recognize that I was middle-aged or older if there weren't like very young people in a certain way, if that makes sense. You know, Laird wouldn't be frustrated as much. He's still always waiting for conditions about that he can't surf the way he wants to or where he wants to or on what he wants to if he didn't have the comparison of like that whole group's in Australia doing this and that group's over there in Tahiti doing that. So it's that, it's that thing of how do we pull out of using what's going on around us to dictate how we're responding to what we're experiencing. Cause for me, quite frankly, I'm pretty good. Like if I can, if I can keep seeing people I love and, you know, have a good dynamic with my family and learn new things, I don't, I don't know that I need to go out in the world and like kill it. I mean, you want to because it creates more uh, options 
if that makes sense, like especially creatively, right? Like it creates more options when you have momentum that you could be like, oh, I want to talk to that person or I want to go see this thing. So for me, it interests me for that reason, because it's like I love the idea of having options, you know, for my life. But as far as like number one or like more zeros or whatever, that doesn't it doesn't interest me so much as long, especially when I can, I can tune out what the world is telling me. I mean, think about somebody who went to the Olympics a couple times, let's say. And there are those people who are, it's really fun for them. So I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but don't you think in a way at a certain point, once you did it or did it a couple times, you'd be like, I'm good. But instead we get this thing where we're like, oh, I've got to go show them I can still do it. Oh, I've got to show them I'm still the best or whatever that is versus really asking yourself like, well, what do you want to do? And if it is that great, but if it's something new that also takes time and energy, by the way, to start something new, maybe I should begin that. So it could be being a CEO, it could be in athletics, it could be in music, it could be whatever. It's like, who are we continuing to do it for? And so that's just really shown up for me lately, which is to be clear about, or to at least be honest with myself, whatever that is, even if it's like, Hey, I want to do this because I want attention. Great. No problem. But at least it's like stays clear and honest. Um, or I want to get this because it's like makes a lot of money. Okay, fine. And, and that has its own set of responsibilities, but you know, that's what we're doing. We're all down here learning. That's how we learn. We, we go through it. This podcast is brought to you by Quince. I know all of us want luxury things and we love high quality, affordable pieces. And Quince really has this in spades because I think for me, I'm interested in getting nicer pieces, just a few, not a ton, get those essentials and you can transition them easily from one occasion to the next and not get crazy with your spending. So for example, I ordered a pair of black linen pants I've even gotten, they have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for like $50. So, you know, I think sometimes you do want to change it up, but you don't want to spend a ton of money all the time. And they've got beautiful items, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops. This goes, you know, like near and dear to my practical side. And even timeless 14 karat jewelry. So the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And you go, okay, well, how are they doing that? It's really simple. They're partnering directly with top factories. And so they cut out the cost of the middleman and they pass that saving on to us. And Quince, it really is on top of not only styles and materials, but also who is making their products. They're factories that they work with. They know are safe, ethical, and responsible, practice responsible manufacturing and only use premium fabrics and finishes. I really love that. So if you want to explore all the incredible products on Quince and indulge in affordable luxury, all you have to do is go to quince.com slash Gabby for free shipping on your order and a 365-day return. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash Gabby to get free shipping and a 365-day return at quince.com slash Gabby. This podcast is brought to you by Babbel. I don't know about you, but every time I travel, I kick myself that I haven't spent more time learning whatever language it is in the place that I'm visiting. It's like you want to connect with the people in a real way. Well, immersion, you know, that's the best way. 
but most of us can't move somewhere and, and, you know, live there and learn the language, even though that's number one. But number two is with Babbel. And the reason that is, is first of all, they have, it's really quick. They've got 10 minute lessons and, but they're handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. But what I love about it is it's designed by real people for real conversations. It's like, listen, we all want to know, like, talk about food and directions and things like that. And Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real life situations and delivered with conversation-based teaching. So you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. And that's the other thing I love is just combining that because you think, okay, maybe using a trip that you have planned or getting together with family somewhere, using that as your motivation to get going. And you don't have to pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that maybe don't really even help you, you know, speak a new language. In fact, a study showed, there was one study, they did studies at Yale, Michigan State, that Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours, that's nothing, is equivalent to a full semester at college. They've got over 16 million subscribers sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. So here's the incredible offer for a special limited-time deal for our listeners right now, you can get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash Gabby. So to get 50% off at babbel.com slash Gabby, that's babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash Gabby. Some rules and restrictions may apply. I've been thinking about a lot with the news and um, I spend a lot of time reading and, and kind of trying to study things. And I wouldn't say I, I don't watch conventional news, so to speak. I'll like listen to Barry Weiss or Crystal and Sager have breaking points, just things where maybe there's different multiple points of view, even different than mine, but there seems to be a, an effort in finding like some semblance of you know, what is happening, even though that can be hard. And um, I would say that we live in a time that um, people respond pretty strongly to headlines. And if it was possible to say, hey, if you think you're having a feeling about something, which is great, I think it's really, I, I, I really appreciate passion. I, I happen to live with a person who, you know, I mean, every topic they're passionate about. I wish I was more like that you know, Laird just is fired up, but to be informed, like go like, I th- I'm starting to feel this way or think this way. So I'm going to pay attention to, to all of the things below the headlines, not just the headlines, because I think we're moving into a time where everyone's jumping on every bandwagon, their own or other. And it would feel more powerful or genuine if people had a real point of view and information about what they were in fact either protesting or um, lobbying for or whatever because we do live in an unusual time where you know there's a lot of yelling but I feel like if you scratched below the surface a lot of people wouldn't really actually understand what they were yelling about so by all means 
let's all stay involved, but let's also try to understand and keep understanding, keep learning, keep growing. Because also, by the way, we could believe something and by learning, we might continue to adapt our point of view. And that's pretty great when we can keep that flexibility and pliability. So that's really been loud. I, I'm sure all, a lot of you saw the this was interesting to me when Biden, you know, was on the prompter and read the prompter and then read the lines on the prompter and, you know, um, repeat the line and what have you. And then, you know, the White House tries to come out and say, let me repeat the line. I think if we can practice in our personal life, oh, I blew it. <laughs> I made a mistake, which is hard to do. I mean, it's not hard to do. We're human. We'd be teaching everyone else that too. So, I know that yelling and being aggravated is, is definitely not the answer, but taking ownership is pretty liberating and we're not teaching ourselves that. An interesting interaction I had recently with a uh, very young high school volleyball player, very good, very, very kind, very nice, very diligent, very tough. Like I'm sure this is a person who could, um, you know, take constructive criticism and just is like a soldier, right? And um, anyway, we were talking and she was curious why her coach had put her with this partner. She wanted to play with this girl and the girl, the other girl wants to play with her as well. They've been partners in the past. Who knows? The coach could have a myriad of reasons, which actually are excellent. Like, hey, I'm going to maybe put you with someone you're not as comfortable with to make you better so that your tool belt is getting filled out because that's what happens, right? Like sometimes you can work with somebody who, if they're, they're not as capable or competent, it actually gets you to rise to the occasion. And, and this is how we gain experience and what have you. However, this young lady, she wanted the information. And so um, she went to the coach and approached the coach and the coach was not even going to entertain the conversation. And, and this is a young lady who, um, she is going to approach it incredibly respectfully. And I think all young people and all of us should be able to question authority respectfully, period. I just think it's, um, I mean, listen, unless there's a fire and the guy's saying, get on the ladder now, short of those types of scenarios, I think we should be able to respectfully say, I would just like a greater understanding of your thinking of this decision. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And to teach young people, um, because then it doesn't have to get that they feel like they do have to be, you know, sort of at the, at a 10 to finally say something, but they can go, oh, you know, this I was questioning, especially when you're working that hard, right? Well, the coach didn't entertain it. When I was talking to the young lady about it, uh, there was something interesting that popped out. She said to me that when the coach walked away, an adult coach walked away, it made her uncomfortable. And I was like, it made you uncomfortable? And she was like, yes, she's a senior in high school. And I was like, it didn't make you angry. It didn't make you pissed off. It didn't make you upset. It didn't make you confused. Like something else, it made you uncomfortable. And I'm fascinated by how this word has become this thing that we can also back out of, right? Like if she had said to the coach, oh, this makes me uncomfortable, the coach could then confront her and say, well, what do you mean? Well, no, I'm just saying I'm uncomfortable. It's like a here nor there in a lot of ways. And I, f 
I don't want to, I have, I don't want my daughters or my son. I don't have a son, but if I did, I don't want young people to use that as a universal word so that they're saying it, but they're not really saying it, but they can back out of it. And sometimes quite frankly, it gets thrown around too easily. You know what I mean? Like you go, Hey, can you pass me the salt? Oh, I'm uncomfortable the way they, that you asked me. It's like, are you serious? So I'm saying it from both sides. Like they throw it out there, like I'm uncomfortable. But then conversely, when you have a person who is really trying hard, this young lady is trying hard to show up in her life as a conscious person. Like she's working hard, she treats people well. She has, you know, she's just, she's deserves that space. She has earned that space, especially in this dynamic with the coach. And so at any rate, she said to me, yes, I'm uncomfortable. And I was like, I, th I think it's important that if you have somebody young in your life, that you, you identify this, you, uh, you call this out when you see it and encourage them either way. Encourage them to say, no, tell me how you really feel. That's how we develop the skills, right? We practice, we blow it, we try a new way, we learn, and that's what communication is. Or they say, you know, um, I don't, it made me uncomfortable when you said that. It's like the other side is to teach them also that uh, sometimes we have to be able to roll with things and not react because things are coming at us all the time. It's, you know, life is, is great and it is hard. And it seems right now we're all getting squeezed just a little more, whether it's financially, emotionally, spiritually, you know, culturally, like our togetherness is, is sort of being compromised that we have to teach young people, I think, and continue as adults, hopefully to be good examples. Cause that's the other side of it is it's on us also to be good examples because the people we have out there that are leading that are supposed to be some of the examples were the main, you know, you're the example in your everyday life. They're not being particularly, um, honorable. So if you have somebody that works with you or it's your kid or, you know, just a young person you're around, maybe point that out because they should be allowed. I guess it would be scary to have an opinion right now, right? Everybody's got, they have all the opinions online, but then at, when you say it out in the world, it's like you could get it for really saying, this is how I feel, but uh, we can't lose that. I mean, that authenticity is imperative. Like, how are we going to, understand each other and make improvements if we can't have, you know, respectful disagreement, which doesn't come from I'm uncomfortable. It's like, oh my God, it's like a slow death. I don't know if you all have been thinking about this at all or seeing it, but there's an interesting thing that goes on to this phenomenon right now, especially because social media and, you know, people in pockets where they have a lot of followers or whatever, where it's like this huge self-importance, right? And I do think uh, there's a verse in the Bible I like, and this, this is by no means uh, a religious, you know, point of view. It's just that, um, you know, sort of God knows every hair on everyone's head, right? Which would, for me, just screams like we're all so precious and valuable, all of us. And yet, simultaneously, the teaching of when we can get rid of like, that I thinking, 
because that's where a lot of the suffering does come in. And I can loop that back to Katie's book of loving what is, which it's like when we so are associating with the I, it's it's kind of a there's such a, so much limitation. So I feel like with social media, is we've got a world full of famous people, and they there's sort of a level of self-importance, and then you know conversely, it's like how how do we change these gears where it's like for the collective good, what is for the collective good, and then also how do we sort of care enough about ourselves that we are important in that way it's like sliding in and out of those gears quickly i feel like now we're all in the eye a little bit more and that that's part of why it's there's a craziness because then anytime we hear something different than what we think or believe we're so offended and we can't handle it versus like oh, okay you know and then how do we focus on the places and spaces that we all share like what can we do about those places like school and work and medical care and like these things that you know and what people want to do in their private lives or how they want to eat or what's the name of their god or who they want to have sex with like why can't we just leave that like why can't that just be you know leave that alone but now they've got so i and my opinion is so important and what i think and believe is so important and it's like it is and it isn't and and um I've just seen how that volume has sort of been turned up a little bit more. I mean, I guess just an observation. I did uh, an interview with uh, Dr. Jeffrey Bland, and one of the takeaways, I know, microbiome, how many times can we talk about it? However, if over 60% of your immune system is in your microbiome, it seems pretty important. And one of the one of the things he talked about was the things that can support the immune system and omega-3 came up. I mean, obviously if you're a vegan, there are very good alternatives now. So that's exciting, but there is the importance of omega-3 and um, hopefully you guys are still on just a basic protocol of like a vitamin D, a zinc, a magnesium and quercetin. And uh, most of us are, if we are taking quercetin, taking 500, uh, but after interviewing about this, Dr. Perlmutter, you know, he takes a thousand. So dealing with uric acid and other. So I just want to bring that up as a reminder because I know we've been at it now for two years, but it's really important. And, you know, these strains, they're more contagious and uh, I'm, I'm don't feel particularly afraid of getting them, but if they are more contagious, then we have to stay diligent in reinforcing our, our immune system. But anyway, I just, I think in this time of heightened, it just does feel very chaotic. And I don't mean it like, ooh, it's so chaotic. I just mean it feels, it just feels very, like there's just an extra amount of chaos that if I could invite you um, to find the ways that center you. And everyone is different, right? Some people like going full throttle, you know, and scaring themselves and like, oh, okay, I got it out. And then they're calm. Other people, it's like, hey, I center myself and I meditate or I have a breathing exercise or I go take a walk in nature or I spend time with animals, whatever it is, is how are we doing that right now? So if I, if I could just re-encourage you to continue to take care of yourself, 
If you come across somebody that you can get into a hassle with, really ask yourself, is it, is it worth it? Because it probably isn't. And the more all of us can be practicing that and, and loving each other. Because what we're being blasted, I don't actually think is what most of us feel. And so we just have to just keep at it and just keep showing up. I joke a lot about that I use aggressive manners. And so um, when I see people, I'm like, good morning. Because <laughs> I'm making everybody say hello to me and, and connect with me when I go to the store. <laughs> because I just, uh, that's what we have, you know, like we have, e we have each other. And, you know, if you have a family and you have friends and your health, then you're like in bonus rounds. But, but we also have the strangers. We're all, you know, connected. And so I just want to just put that in your ear a little bit. So I'm, I'm committing to my new practice. It's been about, well, the biking and such I've been doing for about three weeks, but the flexibility, which, you know, I'd rather lift cement blocks, literally. I'm going to be doing uh, more for the next eight to 12 weeks. And I, I, I won't lie, I have a luxury of, I have a Pilates table um, by Legree Fitness. Um, they have at-home units and um, that's helping me do it. So if there's something you've been wanting to work on to gain, what's stopping you? What can you do to add it? And if there is a story that you're holding on to, is there a way? Can you do the self-inquiry? Again, the book that really has helped me is Loving What Is, um, making sure you're doing your nutrition. And finally, I will also say, I'm doing an interview in a couple of days that will come out after this with Arthur C. Brooks. He had to reschedule. I had read his book uh, many weeks ago already called Strength to Strength. And it's an excellent read. And if you're at all in a transition professionally, let's say you've done one thing already, like pretty good, um, or maybe you've been doing something for a while and you were very good at it and now maybe it's becoming harder, um, this could be a really interesting read for you. So it's called Strength to Strength. It's a really great book talking about uh, fluid intelligence and crystallized intelligence. So that's all I have, except to say that, um, you know, we're here now. I mean, if you're listening to this, you're here right now. So everything's probably pretty good. And I just send my best to each of you. And if you are navigating challenges, which we all are, just that uh, hopefully you don't feel alone in that. Thanks for hanging out with me. That wraps it up for today. Make sure to follow us on Spotify for free episodes and subscribe to The Gabby Ree Show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me at Gabby Reese on Instagram and Twitter. Aloha.